the Legion. <sighs> of lethargic super geeks. We aren't picky. If it's sci-fi or fantasy, we'll chat about it. Welcome to the Legion of Lethargic Super Geeks. Uh, this week, I'm going to go around and have everyone introduce themselves and tell me what they're going to be talking about today. I'll start with myself. I'm your host, Alan, and I'm going to be talking about the comic book Descender, as well as um, the Lovecraft Country HBO uh, series that just started. With me on Zoom, I also have Chip. Hello. Um, I'm going to be talking about... Uh, the Dark Seed War Justice League um, comic event and the DC Universe movie Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. All right. And Roy is not here to make fun of you spoilers. for calling. There will be all kinds of spoilers. So if you haven't read it or watched it, sorry. And Roy isn't here to make fun of you for calling Dark Side Dark Seed again. Did I just- <laughs> Scotty, your turn. Uh, I'm going to do the HBO Max show. Um, uh, raised by wolves and right. then also uh the film tolkien <clears throat> all right nice i'm looking forward to hearing about that brian what are you talking about today i'm going to talk quickly about three different things uh a novel called wanders by chuck wendell windig um the bear by an author named andrew krivak and then i'm uh, going to quickly talk about the uh new netflix series that just started this this past weekend, um, and that is uh, called Away. All right, nice. Um, let's see here. Let's let, let's start with Chip. Let's start. We'll start with the uh, the Dark Seed War. Dark Side. Sorry, that's so funny. That's um, okay. I just got to give you a hard time every once in a while. No, it's funny. I mean, it's, I don't know why it looks like it's Dark Seed. It doesn't look like it, it. it does look like Dark Seed. In fact, uh, there there's a long, uh, valiant history of comics that are named in ways that are difficult for people to re- pronounce. You know, my my favorite my favorite mispronunciation of all time is the Submariner. That's what I call it from. I mean, because I started reading comics, I didn't have people to talk to about comics. Sure, and he was the yeah. Submariner. Which, you know, when you're a little kid, it sounds totally normal. Man. It's like, it's a Submariner. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. I mean. You should have heard me as a little kid trying to pronounce the elongated man. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. Oh, you shouldn't have been talking about the elongated man. That's the whole point. <laughs> that's, that, that, that name is problematic from the get-go. Mm. But anyway, I side war. Tell me about it. What's what's yeah? So I um, I watch all the DC Universe movies, and this Justice League Dark Apocalypse War came out. So I checked that out, and then I was like, "This seems it was good, but it seemed weird. Like it didn't seem like this is what the story would be." you know? Right. So I went and um, downloaded. They had it on sale. It was cheap. Um, the entire essential edition on comiXology. So I downloaded that and read it. Right. And um, it was interesting because basically this whole war is about dark side versus the anti-monitor. Right. From, uh, from crisis on infinite earth. Sure. And you know, it's got like dark sea, dark side's daughter, which is her mother is the queen of assassins of 
Therese, speaking of words you can't pronounce, what's Wonder Woman's island called? Uh, there, there, is it Therescura or is it Thermoscura? Thermoscura, whatever. So, you know, it was, it was all this really interesting stuff. And I mean, I have to give them credit for pulling some of this stuff out. Um, and basically, it, it felt very formulaic. It felt like every other event I've read sure, from sure. DC in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it even kind of felt like, like Flashpoint or Justice or um, the only thing I can think of that was, it was not like was Kingdom Come. Right, right. You know? So, um, or, or New Frontier, right? New Frontier, or New Frontier absolutely. It's totally different, right? Yes, yes. Um, but and through it, all of the different members of the Justice League got the powers of the new gods. Okay. Which was really interesting. Batman became um, Metron. Okay. Um, Flash became the Black Racer. Okay. The Black, the black Skier. Was it, was, was it the Black Racer? He was on I, skis, remember? Sure, I know who you're talking about, but I don't yeah. remember the names well enough. I'll, I'll look yeah. it up while you're talking. And uh, but anyway, I mean, you know, it was just it. It's a DC event. It's big. It had a lot of action. Um, it was definitely a fun read, but you know, it was very empty calories. It was like a, it was like a, you know, a high quality packet of ramen noodles. It's got a lot of stuff going on. You can throw some egg in there, maybe a little bit of bacon or pork belly on the top and it feels good. But then yeah. after you've done eating it, it was still instant ramen noodles. <laughs> That's a great description. I like that. So, um, but on the flip side, the movie which is it, which is quite different. Okay, and it follows along with all ever since there was the Justice League War movie mm-hmm, that came mm-hmm. out. What was like twenty fifteen? Yeah. So over these five years, all of with a few exceptions here and there are not part of it, but it's all one thread. So it's like they're you know the DC, the animated DCU or whatever, where everything is linked together, and it's it's all pretty good. And um, this is the culmination of it, and it's got Constantine in it, so that's where you get the dark part of it. Um, and it's a much, much darker story than the comic was, um, and it has a much, much darker ending than the comic. Um, and I think one of the things that colored the comic was I thought the end was super anticlimactic. Like, I didn't think they ended it well, And we found out that Wonder Woman has a twin brother and that just made me angry for some reason. And I was just like, (laughs) whatever. I mean, have they retconned that away in the latest 52 or something? Or does she still have a twin brother? I have never heard of. Really? Because this came out a while ago. So I figured. Okay. So, so, so true confessions. I stopped reading DC and Marvel years ago at this point. Oh, okay. I like I haven't, still... no, no, no. I mean, like I, uh, let's see the last, the last Marvel comic I read was Hawkeye, the, uh, fraction. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. That was and, uh, and as far as, as far as DC's concerned, um, oh man. Uh, I think, I think, I think I, I gave up about a year, about, about nine months into the new 52. Oh, okay. 
Well, this was this was um, done in 2018, so it's relatively. So that they haven't retconned it since then, or yeah, they have. They've rebooted. Rebirth is after 2018, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, every every everything's changing now. Uh, are you guys hip to the new uh, status quo at DC Comics? Well, they fired Dan DiDio for being a jerk. Well, a- after that, they fired a third of everybody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear that. Yeah, like, uh, like, uh, even, even, um, what's his name? The artist guy that was the co-publisher, Jim Lee. Jim Lee. They didn't is, fire him, did they? They just changed his title or something. They, they, he, he is no longer has he no longer has anything to do with anything as far as I mean, like he's he's still a creative at DC, right. but he's not. He he doesn't he's not he's not a publisher or an editor or has any power or weight there anymore whatsoever. And the guy who they gave all the power to, Scott hired, No, they hired from ESPN. Oh, well, there you go. What? The, why does that? How does that make any sense whatsoever? Uh, there are there are two women who are running the company with him, and at least one of them uh, was over the. Uh, the young adult imprint <clears throat> that they'd been running for, oh, okay. for the last Ink. year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the word on the street, the theory on the street is that both DC and Marvel are about to totally move to, uh, digital, digital monthlies and, uh, yeah. and, and published, uh, trades. Hmm. Well, it, I mean, they got enough source material to keep making movies. Do we really care? I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I think that that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the point is that, uh, they're going to run out soon, you know, because there's, there's not, not that many great storylines that they haven't, you know, pilfered at this point. Come on. They're still West coast Avengers. I mean, you <laughs> haven't even touched that yet. True. True. Um, I mean, well, no, they did. They did the Doom Patrol. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you're probably right. DC's probably just about out of ideas. But anyway, just to go back to this real quick, this is really good. This is the 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 universe movie. Since, since people are listening to this, that's true. Because I'm I'm looking at everybody, which is weird. <laughs> the DC Universe movie Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is really good. Right. If you watched all the other stuff coming into it. It all connects up. It all, um, there's some stuff in it that's weird. Like there's some stuff that people argue that's not how Superman would be. But if you had been, but this Superman who you've seen all the stuff he's gone through from the beginning, you understand why he would act this way. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, Love it. It's got the demon in it. So of course I'm going to like it. Love the um, demon. But the thing that kills, you know, I'll just channel Roy for a minute. It's like the backbone of all of this stuff is still the fourth world. Like all of that yeah, is Kirby's yeah. fourth world. All of Young Justice, the whole backbone of Young Justice was Kirby's fourth world. I mean, the sure. guy wrote literally, what was it, maybe 40, 45 or 50 comics issues. Mm-hmm. And they've basically... Based their entire um, universe on it. Yeah. Based their entire universe on it. But anyway, and then I absolutely love the ending of the uh, apocalypse war because it literally ends this whole run. Like it is okay, like cool, 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 the cool. End. Well, 
Well, I, I knew I knew that they were having some. Uh, they were transitioning some some uh, some of the uh, the staff, the administrators who've been doing the uh, the the animation stuff. So 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 that's great that they're going to sort of close it. And probably oh yeah, I mean it's over. closed. It's closed. It's done. Whatever they do next. Now they just came out with a Deathstroke animated movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't by, watched uh, that yet, but that's just based. That's like a one-off. Just like Red sure. Sun was right. terrible and um, was you know totally unrelated to it. Um, you know, but I like I want to go back. I'm going to go back and get the rest of them that I don't have, so that I have the whole series. Okay, cool. I thought it was really that good. Well, much better than the comic, but uh, one thing in the comic real quick is like I said, um, and every, I've heard other people mention this and I didn't realize what it came from. Uh, Batman does become Metron. So he's in the Mobius chair Yep. and he asked the Mobius chair, who, who, like, who is the Joker? He asked it that yeah. and it tells him and he goes, no, it can't be. And then that's it. They never say another word about it. That's hilarious. Well, speaking of that, uh, the, the the handful of things that I have heard that they're doing at DC, I I don't want to say anything negative about Scott Snyder and all those guys, uh, Jeff Johns or whatever, but um, but you know, do do you know that they're 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 doing the the the, the big the big like event comic they're doing right now is like uh, the story of how the Joker is actually three different guys. I've heard, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know, hear anything beyond that. Yeah. I mean, so, cause I, you know, I read like half an article on Facebook from one of the comic book pages and then I get halfway through it and I'm like, you know, I lose it's kind, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the whole Wolverine origin thing. Like I don't think that they should ever have tried to give Wolverine an official origin because kind of what makes it work is, uh, not knowing how old he is or where he came from and all those kinds of things, you know, like what they do with Star Wars where they kind of like the entire story as far as they can in both directions. And it's like at a certain point, it's not an epic anymore. It's just kind of like there's some good parts of the story and then there's all the new stuff that's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and that's what I'm saying about the Joker is that like, if we know where he comes from officially and totally know everything about him, then it's, it loses. It's not interesting anymore, right? So I think that they're. I think that they're making. But he was a failed comic whose wife got electrocuted, uh, and you know he just had one bad day. Yeah, maybe. But that that that's why that's such a brilliant story is because we yeah. don't have any concept of. I just went, okay. I, I bought it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But we don't have any concept of whether that's like canon or official or real or if it's just something the dude made right. it on his head, you know, yeah. so, so. Well, the other half of the DC universe is based on Alan Moore. So, I mean, it's either the, <laughs> the Watchmen slash Killing Joe. Yeah. So, sure, 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 sure. Hey, you know, and Swamp Thing. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, all right, I'm moving on. Uh, Scotty, tell me about uh, Raised by Wolves. All right, so Raised by Wolf is, is an HBO... Uh, Max series has just started. Uh, they just released the first three. I've watched uh, one. The yeah. first. Uh, there is also a podcast that goes along with it. Okay, oh, cool. I like they did that with Chernobyl and with The Watchmen, and it was it was really good in both cases. Right. 
And this, uh, so basically the storyline is there is, uh, there is a ship of, with two androids on it, uh, right. mother and the other one father, uh, and they are, have traveled across the galaxy trying to find a new home world, uh, and they have uh, uh, embryos with them, basically, that they then put into um, mother, and she has these kids. Um, I'm trying to get too much into spoilers, so uh, they start basically, uh, you know, a settlement on the planet. Uh, mm -hmm. Another, uh, where they came from, there had been a war yeah. between the atheists and then some type of a religious sect. Um, sure. And so, it's highly plausible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All I could think of was the South Park, between, where the atheists all uh, ha have a battle. They all uh, fight each other in the future over their name. Um, nice. To be the actual name of a. So anyway, um, yeah. So it, I mean, it, and and like I said, not to get too much into uh, the storyline, just because. Um, but. Uh, one of the androids uh, presents itself to be a little more than uh, what's first to be seen. Okay. Um, but anyway, it, it deals a lot with AI and could androids make moral decisions. Okay. Um, I mean, that first one kind of leans a little bit more with that. The podcast that goes along with it actually talks about those... Um, you know, a little more of that. And they interview scientists right. uh, and talk to them about some of these things. Uh, cool. so who's, who's like the showrunner? Who's making it? Is it Ridley Scott? Well, Ridley it's Scott, production Ridley Scott company. is the uh, producer okay. and storyboard. And it has the look of a Ridley Scott. And, yeah. I, do what? Does it fit into the universe? You know, like the aliens and... and I, they have not. And I don't... It's, he didn't write it. So I, it doesn't, but it deals with a lot of the same themes he deals with. Uh, and it certainly has that look. Visually, it is, uh, you know, it, it's really, it, it's well thought out visually and, and really has some cool, um, uh, yeah, it has some great stuff. But the, uh, but the podcast actually, they talk to different, a uh, uh, couple different scientists, and, and they also talk to the guy who wrote it. So yeah, um, his name is Aaron Gizowski. Yeah, I had never. He has done a few other things, and I had never heard of any of them or or uh, watched any of the other. He's done a few movies and a and, a, and some um, a couple TV shows as well. Well, he wrote the movie Prisoners, which was that. Uh, uh, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, and Jake Gyllenhaal movie that uh, the guy who's remaking Dune, who made Blade Runner twenty forty nine, directed. Um, it's a brilliant movie. It's super dark. I would not watch it again. <laughs> um, and then he did a thing called Red Road, which I'm not familiar with. It was multiple episodes. And uh, then he was the writer for the new version of Papillon, which was absolutely terrible. 
but I don't know that that's his fault. He was just the writer. Um, yeah, and then he's doing this movie, Raised by Wolves. So, and he's considered the showrunner. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, um, so this wasn't. This isn't based on a book. This is just straight out of uh, this production company. That's the way I took it. They had. I haven't mentioned. Uh... I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking on Wikipedia right now to see if I can find out anything. So, um, so, so one of the things that I think is really interesting about <clears throat> Raised by Wolves is, um, and I haven't seen it yet, is I feel like right now there's this sort of weird um, uh, trans. We're at, a, we're at a transition point with uh, with, with with what's popular in uh, television movies, where when I was a kid. It was all about sci-fi and all the supernatural stuff was sort of seen as lame. And then about the time I got out of high school, it was transitioning to supernatural with a little sci-fi element. Then we got to the point to where everything that was cool was totally supernatural and there was nothing sci-fi that was working or, 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 or staying on TV. Firefly. And then when we get to, uh, That's Buffy's fault. So yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, and so then when we get to now, it seems like we're transitioning back away from supernatural and, and into sci-fi. Do you guys feel that or am I making that? Yeah, I, no, I mean, you could definitely see that, that back and forth. Yeah. Cause you know, now we've got like the Star Trek TV shows, this TV show, but then, but then you have, but I think that you'll always have the outlier you'll always have the show that's really good that's the opposite that still is good sure. but i think generally i can see your point um where we we do tend to go back and forth like you know year, um, the oh, biggest show we were talking about was game of thrones yeah right right no so, i mean it's it's I, I don't know i think it goes both ways but um i don't know i obviously we go through like like surges of like zombie like stuff like movies right. and shows sure. about zombies and, and then, then vampires like and then we move on to i i had a feeling that after game of thrones that we're going to get this big surge of like fantasy type movies but you know and and shows and i guess we've had some that come out i've, I've seen some but um you know nothing that's been just groundbreaking i guess yeah sure well, yeah, i mean i think game awesome. of thrones burned everybody out yeah. And pissed everybody off, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I know I'm still yeah, pissed we off. We had Battlestar Galactica, what, like a decade ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it was on, but that, but I didn't notice it. I noticed the box set the other day. That was like, what, six or seven seasons? About five or six. Something five like that. or six. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that was still, that was five or six years, you know. Of, uh, you know, you know, you say five or six years, but I think that it came out in such short drips. That it might have been a little less. Yeah. Well, I mean, more. I mean, there there were definitely like big eighteen month gaps in that thing. Right. Yeah. So it lasted a little longer. Yeah. It may have actually somehow spread out to like close to a decade of putting out yeah. episodes. They even had they even put out like little special episodes in between seasons. Mm-hmm. They like got real planned. They put out like yeah. Pegasus. It was like right. a like yeah. a, a yep. one off movie. Say that again, Chip. I, I was listening. I think to I still I own the plan and the Pegasus DVDs. I think, or at least I own. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, and then I got uh, what is it? Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome, which is this. It was yeah. a web series that they combined, and it was 
the old school. So it was them and the old Vipers from the original yeah. series yeah. and stuff. It was god awful. It was it was um, bad. It was bad. But um, I'm like, I mean, I think like Ronald D. Moore honestly is like he's severely hit or miss within his own show. Not like, you know, because he's had things that were hugely popular like Battlestar Galactica or Deep Space Nine. And then he's had stuff that, what was it, that show that was going to run for 10 years and he had a pilot and that was it. That was it. But on the other hand, that other show that he made that was like the the horror series, I really enjoyed. It was called, um, somebody help me out. What was it called? Uh, I never watched it. It was just recent though, didn't it? It was on one of the streaming services. Um... Let me let me look it up. Ronald D. Moore. I'm gonna have to edit this out of the podcast. Uh, sure, Helix. you will. Helix. Oh yeah, that failed awfully. I mean, it would like it was the first season was great, and the second season went downhill so far that it like did. it just got canceled. That's uh that, that 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 is a very good description. The first season I, I loved, and the second season I was like, "What is this?" It just got bizarre. It just got <laughs> yeah. stupid and bizarre. It was just it, it's almost like all the writers left, and and they started off with a whole another group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was I was really excited about that one, and that one was that was pretty well. They were trying to do like pure science fiction, but by the time you got done with the second season, you weren't sure what was going on. Yeah. 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 I didn't know he did some of uh, Outlander, that TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He makes money hand over fist, that's for sure. Well, so, Scotty, getting back to the show. So, Ridley Scott. Um, so, he directed the first two episodes, um, and then I think he produced the whole thing. Um, that's the His way. His production company's making it scot free. The, uh, on the podcast, the. Um, that showrunner was talking about when he brought it to him that uh, before they even like he started storyboard and stuff right there. Like right. He, he was like, Oh, well we could do, you know, he instantly started thinking of uh, visually some of the stuff, but it certainly goes with um, some of the themes that have been in alien, you know, that ran through alien and uh, through Blade that, runner guys and blade runner too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it definitely matches up. It's funny because I just put it on. I actually went. I was going to start watching uh, the. Um, um, what was the other one we were just talking? Lovecraft about? Country. Yeah, I was going to start watching that, and then I saw that, and I'm like, and then I saw it had Ridley Scott on it, so I put it on. I didn't, and I just assumed he had wrote it uh, until after I watched the episode and looked into it. Mm-hmm. It certainly had a lot of the like, his vibe, his feel themes and and then visually obviously it has his uh, his fingerprint on it it looks like prometheus in a lot of ways prometheus um, was stunning i keep falling asleep when i try to watch it though yeah I like prometheus a lot of people didn't like it but i i thought it was good i did oh i i i, I thought it was i the the part like connective tissue yeah. between all these things the parts of it that i have been able to stay awake through i have loved but it also fails in a way that like like we were talking about before it sort of takes away a little bit of the mystery behind aliens. Well, right. Prometheus is so far away from where we were at alien that it's okay. And he answers some questions and it's, oh, yeah. it's okay. But what he does is then the next movie that came out alien covenant covenant. Okay. It was like, dude, you made alien. Okay. So you started this, you wrote it, you know what happens. How the hell can you screw up? 
the screenplay this badly in the storyline and the continuity. It's like he went to work for DC. I mean, he has no idea what continuity is. Think of the hits and misses in, in the Alien series. They're like, think of like, well, he ruined it. You got Aliens, and then you got Alien Three, right? And then you've got the Alien versus Predator pieces of crap that came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> continuity yep. wise, those are better than Alien Covenant. I don't. I can't even remember what happened. He totally wrecks it. I like the first Alien versus Predator. I think it was very underrated. The second one is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The second one is literally, you know, and the the funny thing is to find out that the guys who made, um, they made that movie and then they made another movie that was even worse. <laughs> that I mean, that I, I remember me and you, Alan, were doing a podcast real quick, just me and you, and I made a point in there to say, we have to release this immediately to warn people not to go see this movie. It was that bad. I remember it was that. like life yeah, yeah. force or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right, right. but I mean, and uh, yeah, those guys were horrible. They're two brothers, the Krauss brothers, I think. Uh-huh, sure. I don't think they've done hardly anything since, but yeah, cool. the alien versus predator requiem is literally That's- is just horrific. The only reason we have all those alien, like, Predator movies is that in the first Predator movie was it the first Predator or maybe it was the Predator second. Two when he goes in the ship at the end yeah. you can see the alien an alien skull and it's like holy crap and you know that was kind of a cool moment in that second <laughs> well and then either I don't know if it was a book first or a dark for a dark horse comic first but they made Alien versus Predator and those were pretty entertaining. Um, and they had they had a little bit of thought behind them because I read one of the books, which there's like two or three things in the first Alien versus Predator movie that they had obviously one of the screenwriters had read the book because at the end when he marks her, right? You know, he gives her his mark. Yeah. Um, that's in the end of the book, first book. Well, also- because the the predators would seed planets with aliens to go and hunt, but the alien, when it comes out of, it, it uses the genetic material from whatever it, you know, gestates in. So they would not put it on planet where there were highly evolved, like apes or humans or anything, or any sort of highly evolved alien, because then the aliens would be so smart. They would kick the predators asses. And this whole thing, the first book, is this group goes down and that's a rite of passage is how they become, um, you know, like become, you know, whatever the right of manhood or whatever. And they got on this planet, which they had um, put aliens on and they did not realize there was a human colony there and they almost lose it. So well, there's, pretty also, good. there's also predator versus uh, Archie. Yes. Yes. There's also Punisher versus Archie. That's really? Funny. Yeah. That I do need to read. Well, I mean, they, they've actually been doing a pretty good job putting out crazy Mark Archie Wade comics. wrote a bunch of Archie stuff mm-hmm. recently. So. Well. so, well, okay, cool. I mean, I, uh, so, so, so thumbs up. We should all go watch. Yeah, well, I, the first one, like I said, I'm going to keep watching. It was definitely interesting. I do like the, uh, the podcast, uh, idea that goes along with the shows. I think that's a really cool, um, I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, Battlestar really Galactica had one. Mobile. That was great, Yeah, too. I know, and I found that out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Which one? Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that one was good. But the one, like, these are really focused. Like, the one for Chernobyl was really good because they really tore apart the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And the one for Watchmen was da- Damon Lindenoff okay. was who they talked to sure. through it. So he was really good. He's actually a pretty interesting guy. He's he's a good, you know, good speaker. So, um, uh, and it, it, it was funny because he said in that, I'm not making a second season of this <clears throat> right. for Watchmen. And then everybody was shocked, like, there's not going to be a second season. And I was like, well, obviously you didn't listen to the podcast because he said, <laughs> this is all I'm doing. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, Ryan. I'm halfway through that. I may actually go back and listen to the podcast on that. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I didn't. The, I mean, I thought the I thought it was TV entertaining, was but great. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was as good as the Watchmen comic at all. Really? Yeah. See, I think that the Watchmen TV show is the best inheritor to the Watchmen mantle they could possibly have made, because it's like it's challenging in all the same ways. Okay, the Watchmen comic, in my opinion, the reason that it was as successful as it was was because it was a deconstruction of superhero comics at the time. Right. The Watchmen TV show is basically a deconstruction of um, superhero TV shows and a deconstruction of contemporary society at the same time. And I thought that that was um, fascinating for all of uh, for all the things that they that they did with it, and and all of the things that happened shortly thereafter. You know, um, right. but I think that uh, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, it's never going to be as great as the original to the people who were there when the original came out, but That's for all the people, what it is. but for all the people who have no connection with the eighties, the Watchmen, TV, right. the Watchmen TV show is, is I think the, the actually the superior piece of media because they don't have any, they don't have any connection. Like, like their connection is the movie. Their connection yeah. is the movie. And that, that not only, not only is that week for them, but in addition to that, um, they weren't alive when, when we thought we were going to be annihilated in nuclear war. They right. have no, they have no concept of, of how uh, Cold war. on the nose that uh, that plot line was and why it was, uh, why it felt the way that it did to all of us when it came out. And, uh, and I think that, I think that uh, the Watchmen TV show like pushed all of those buttons for contemporary society. Well, and watch it again. The, I need to watch it again. So, yeah, it, the other thing about the original was, you know, now decon- everything's deconstructed. People are deconstructing right. everything. When that came out, that was very, that totally was new. ahead right. of the curve. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Brian, tell me about your books, man. I'd love to hear them. So um, the the first of the, of the ones I want to talk about is a book that I just happened to pick up randomly um called the bear uh by andrew krivak i'm I'm hoping i'm pronouncing that correct but it just came out in february of 2020 um it just not to put it on the same scale as a vonnegut book but i think it was written like cat's cradle i consider one of the best written books just because how well vonnegut wrote it he was able to get so much into like two or three pages. It was amazing. Um, And like just the story moved so well. And this one was kind of, you feel like you're reading art. Um, And it is a story basically about a man and his daughter who are the last two people on earth. 
it's never explained what happened. Um, but it's, they're the last two people on earth. Um, they go back into some of the past where, um, the mother was there for a little bit, but she died during, during uh, childbirth. Um, and it really comes down to just, uh, the man and the, and the girl are only ever referred to as the man and the girl. Um, because if you're the last two people, that's all you have to be referred to as. Of course, they weren't referring to each other as that, but, um, um, but they didn't really reference each other. They're basically just talking to each other. And Hey, if you're talking to somebody and there's only one other person, you know, who you're talking to. Um, but it really comes down to a, a last journey they make basically just to get salt. Right. And, um, and I, I don't want to give up too much of the book, but the man dies. Therefore the girl is the last person on the planet. And uh, there's this sort of a feel of native American kind of like, um, how, how, uh, they kind of work with, with, with the environment and with, with, uh, with wildlife, you know, and like, if they take a, if, they, if they were to take a, a, a life of a deer so they could eat it, um, they sort of have that respect for, you know, I'm sorry, I'd take your life, you know, and that, but, you know, they have respect for, for what they're, for basically wilderness and um it's just i can't really give up too much without sort of giving up the story it's very sure. short sure. um i actually listened to it while i was uh building a uh, compost bin <laughs> and um it's only like four hours so okay. um so i would suggest it to everybody i i can't imagine anybody walks away from it thinking oh that was a piece of crap um it's i it's it is in some ways not really all that um, science fiction fantasy right. Right. as much as it is just fiction, but um, but it is kind of apocalyptic in the fact that there's only two people left sure. on Earth, and and, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's sort of wonderful to see how the girl is uh, how she basically is trained to hunt. I mean, at a very young age, she's like doing things that I can't imagine at like the age of like eight, but she kind of has to. Right, um, right. You know, fishing and hunting and making bows and arrows at the age of like eight and nine and stuff like that. So, um, so that that's something that I definitely would uh, suggest everyone read if if you get a chance to. Um, that sounds awesome. Does uh, you know some of the things you're saying remind me a little bit of uh, remind me a little bit of Hunger Games actually. Um, it would, would, would you say that it's in that same sort of YA category or is it definitely written for adults or what's the scoop? I think this was more written for, I, I think that, I think this is more just a general novel. I'm okay. not going to say that younger uh, readers wouldn't enjoy it also, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it doesn't have that feel at all. Okay. Um, cool. It's, I'm trying to think of something that it would be, it would feel more like, and I, I'm having a hard time coming up with something, but it's, you know, it, it almost has the feel of, um, what was the, it was a book and a, a movie um, where a man and his daughter, I think it's either daughter or son, where they were basically um, the road. The road. I was just thinking the road. Yeah. It almost had, of course, in the road, there are still other people left. And you don't know exactly what, what happened there either. But uh, it kind of has that sort of feel to it. But um, But it's, yeah. I, like I said, 
I can only give up so much because there, there obviously is a bear involved or when we call the bear. Right. Um, but, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give up what goes on with that part of the story. Cause that's <laughs> sort of the, the meat of the story. Um, it, she basically, the, the girl does encounter a bear after she has, after her dad is, has, has, uh, passed and, and, uh, it, he helps her get back to where she needs to be. So. All right. Does she so, feed him uh, cookies? What's that? Did you not see that just recently there was a thing in the news about a guy, actually a black bear came to him and he was feeding it cookies and people are like, are you out of your mind? You know, yeah, that would be silly. It'd be oh no, it was, it's insane. You should watch it. It's, it's on the news. You should watch it. You'll be appalled. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on with, with people encountering wildlife and they just, they, they see something fuzzy and uh, they don't really respect it as much as they want to like, Hey, everyone's got a camera now. So uh, <laughs> you know, let's, let's get a photo of me with the, with the Buffalo in the background. Right. And uh, you know, how many times that's turned out to be, I used to idea. do I used to do dog and cat rescue and I'm I'm more scared of I mean I'm leery of all animals period I don't even trust anybody's dog That's or funny. cat so you know when you've been bit by so many of them I would and then a bear I mean I'd be like man I'm going in the opposite direction I don't care how cute you are That's you got to have someone who specializes in in something like that just to just to get close to a bear I mean I've I actually had my, that's not my first bear encounter overall, but it was my first bear encounter here in Florida. Um, right here during, in the middle of the pandemic, it was um, probably about three months ago. And it was so funny. I'm just, I had already passed through this area once. And this is why I'm in a vehicle. I'm not walking on the ground, but I'm, I'm going out to a real, real, real remote site and I'm taking audio recorders and I'm, I'm basically pulling them off at that point. And as I'm driving back and I, like I said, I've been on this road already just come around this one corner where there's the grass is just high enough where I can't see what's around the corner. And I'm going actually very slow, but I come around and all of a sudden here's this big fuzzy butt in front of me <laughs> and the bear turns around, looks at me, almost has that kind of, Oh shit look. And it takes him a second. I'm grabbing for the camera. I'm grabbing for anything I can. And like he, he already bolted by the time I had it ready to go. And uh, good, you know, it's, <laughs> I did get a video of it way in the distance going up a hill and getting like over a levee. And it was just like, it was from a real far distance, but it was, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you think about the fact that I'm walking around in some of these areas cause you know, you, you drive up to them. You just gotta be paying attention to all the things that are going on. Um, you know, like marks on the ground Mark. and, and marks on trees and stuff like that. Just be cautious. Cause even these brown uh, black bears that are in here in Florida, they're really small comparatively to like black bears throughout the rest of the nation. Mm. Still, you know, they can, they can do some damage. Too. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. absolutely. They, they, and they, they might not, they may do it completely out of fear. So it's, yeah. um, well, sp- speaking of, speaking of bears, I'll, I'll, I'll take us down a rabbit hole for a second. Uh, has anybody seen the new mutants? Mm-mm. No, and I want to. I mean, like, I know it's going to be terrible and all of that, but I mean, and I'm like, I talked to, I was actually talking to some friends of mine, and there's something about the new mutants that's interesting. Is it's like so many comic series, you know, like you weren't around when it started, like when the X Men started. We weren't even yeah. born, you right. know, Daredevil, all of that. The New Mutants is literally the comic book that, like me and several of my friends, we started reading from issue one. 
Yeah, sure. You know, so I feel like, you know, I've always been a fan of the New Mutants, you know, all of that. And I really want to go see it. I even thought about going to see it at the Starlight Drive-In down there on Moreland. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't know if I want to die just to go (laughs) see the New Mutants. Um, But, yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. And they had – there was a clause in the contract that had to be shown theatrically before it could be released digitally. So I'm hoping that they will quickly put it out digitally so I can catch it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm only mentioning it because it's apparently based on the Demon Bear saga, yep. which is, you know, in my mind, the 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 best story from the comics. But difficult for me to imagine how they're going to do it without uh, without the backstory first. It kind of reminds me of that that Ben Affleck Daredevil movie where they try to do the Electra stuff before they had laid in the groundwork. You know. Yeah. Well, and um, but Bob, did you read Bob McCloud's review? He was a huge fan. I did. I did. <laughs> And he Poor was God. not a huge fan. If anyone hasn't <laughs> read that, Bob McLeod, one of the creators, co-creators of the New Mutants, uh, was 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 frustrated because uh, they didn't keep any of any of his designs. No, none of the looks. None of the look for any of them. In fact, the only from his perspective, the only character that looks like the comic was uh, Ileana Rasputin, and that's not one of the characters he designed. And uh, no, and she they, was previous. That's right. Yeah. And then he. Um, and they misspelled and then, and his name. They, and they misspelled his name, yeah. In the credits. So, so uh, uh, and I, I've, I, I have heard nothing but bad reviews. I had a, I had a student come into. Uh, I'm teaching a, a, a advanced video production uh, uh, section this, this term, and one of my students, uh, who probably is the, 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 the best video student I have, uh, she was like, "Yeah, I saw it." I said, how is it? She goes, terrible. Don't go see it. <laughs> well, so. when I first, Josh Boone is the name of the guy who made the movie. And right. when I saw, I read an interview with him when they announced that they were going to make the movie. And he had actually worked with Marvel, wrote a series of comics that were going to go along with and the feel of the movie and of those characters. And this was going to be a trilogy. And as soon as he said all of that, I was like, this movie's going to be terrible. It's not going to make, you know, because whenever they start talking like all this crazy stuff and all this multimedia, and we're going to link this with this, it always goes to hell. Now the original movie might have been good, but they basically reshot the movie three times. Yeah, I know. And who knows what mishmash we're going to get. Sure. And, you know, and, you know, like to Bob McLeod, I agreed with him. I was like, rain doesn't have red hair. And, yeah. um, and I mean, and it, like, I feel kind of crap. I feel like the guy who plays Sunspot is Hispanic. He is Latino. Right. I mean, I, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't realize that like the character in the comic is, you know, is a dark skinned Latino, but I didn't realize, you know, like how dark skinned does he need to be? Sure. I don't know. Didn't he like show up in one of the movies? Wasn't he like a character? Yeah, Sunspots in um, Days of Future Past. Yeah, that's what I thought. Which my daughter Rain has gotten all into the X-Men. She started watching all the movies. She's watched all the cartoons. And she keeps coming to me with stuff. And uh, she was asking about something. I go, well, was Cable in it yet? And she goes, well, Cable's been in this and this. And I go, you know that's uh, Cyclops and Phoenix's son. And she's like, what? You know, every time she brings something to me, I throw out, I give her some little fact that just freaks her out. 
That's fine. And she's doing creative writing classes, uh, you know, digital learning. And all creative writing is, I think, now in school for kids is just fan fiction. You know, they 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 just all write about whatever you know they're. All right, in. all right. I got I got to tell you a story now, and then we'll get to Brian's second book. Oh yes, that's right. Um. So um. Is anybody has anybody had any experience with Gotcha Life? Does anyone know what this is? Gotcha Life. Okay. Oh God, so, yeah, G A C H A. Yeah, yes. the my kids have one of the apps where they make all the little characters. Right, right, right. Okay, so but they so, don't have the role playing app. So there are all these like uh, kids that are that that call themselves Gotcha Tubers, and what they do is they make these stories using sort of these prefab components from this iPad app. I guess it's on the iPhone too called Gacha Life. And um, and so like you can basically build your own anime looking characters and they have some prefab environments and some pre- prefab props and things to build them with. So uh, my daughter was really interested in this. And so uh, I got her, I got her the iPad app and uh, she built her, she built a character representing herself and one representing me and one representing her mother. And then she was like, okay, I don't know how to make a story. And so I say to her, by the way, I told the story before before I go on. Side side note, I told the story to the kids in my um, advanced video production class because they had me for screenwriting last semester, and so they they all thought that this was really funny because when I told them what I told my daughter about how to write a story, they all just started cracking up because it's all the same thing I told them last semester. And what I told my daughter was, what you need to do is come up with something that your character wants, and then. She has to go. That's gotcha life. Chip showing it on the screen. Um, and then once she has something she wants, focusing. she has to, uh, uh, your character needs to like go about the process of trying to get it. And she has to experience obstacles to, the, to, to, to getting whatever she wants. And then she needs to overcome those obstacles in order to get her desire. Kira was like, well, what should she want? And I said, well, what do you want? You know, you're, you always want a slice of the great wall of chocolate. So get her a piece of chocolate cake, you know? And um, apparently they don't have chocolate cake in Gotcha Life, but they do have chocolate chip cookies. So she wrote a story where she, her little, oh, oh, one other thing. Her character, as she designed her, has wings and a giant sword. And so I told her that she needed to use the wings and the giant sword in order to overcome whatever obstacles come up, you know, because that, that's why she would have those accoutrements, right? So, um, so, so her character, so she sends me this video about two hours later. And her character walks into the kitchen to get a chocolate chip cookie. And mommy is standing there trying to keep her from getting the chocolate chip cookie. And so she flies up above mommy with her sword and slays mommy in order to get the chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Kim was not impressed. Um, <laughs> so anyway, there you go. There's my, uh, there's my, uh, there's That's my the kind of thing that should go viral. <laughs> But I don't think it would have been anyone unless it would have been more impressed had she gone out and slayed some animal, made some money, then took Kim to eat it, mommy to eat an Olive Garden, and got a chocolate dessert. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's hilarious. As long as you can work Olive Garden into it, then Kim Uh would have been happy. See, she's got to know what the other characters' motivations are. That's right. That's right. We'll work on that in the next story. We'll work on that in the next story. All right, Brian, book number two. Tell me about it. All right, book number two is The Wanderers by Chuck uh, Wendig. Uh, and I guess uh, you guys had said, and I think I'd read somewhere else, that he's actually done some comic work himself. I mm-hmm. guess some, some, uh, written some various uh, comics. 
um, over the years, but I guess he has uh, got several novels out at this point, and I guess he's like many uh, I, many authors. They go, you know, they'll write, they'll try to write both of novels as well as as uh, comics. He's also um, one of the official writers for Star Wars. Like they have mm-hmm. like yep like paid writers or whatever that within that universe, and he's one of them. Okay, what like That's what I heard of him novels for. within that, or he's producing, or he's writing for like no. the. TV. Mar- Marvel so, Comics. He's doing Marvel yeah, Comics, Star Wars like stuff. Yeah. But he's also doing Star Wars like authorized novels. He's oh, I didn't know those that. guys too. Cool. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's like an entire authorization process for that. Um, yes. But um, so, anyways, um, it feels a lot like Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, it's not only extremely long. Uh, I'm only about a third of the way through it at this point. Uh, but it's, it's really good. Um, it's, uh, basically it's got everything that 2020 has thrown at us yet so far. Um, but it was written in July of 2019. Cause I had to, once I got to a certain point in the book, I was like, did he just write this? Did it's like, just come out. And he's like <laughs> writing this. Not finished it. Am I, yeah. Um, I mean, it's got a mysterious illness, possibly two. <laughs> There's a comment. Show. Um, there's a presidential race going on with an asshole Republican. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's that. just playing the odds. That's yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. you know, there's civil unrest, there's racial inequity, there's constant talk of PPEs, the personal protective equipment. I mean, it's it's got everything that he was like he was writing something prophetic. It was basically a year from, from when this thing was published, it was all going to come true. But um, it's, uh, to give you a general idea, um, it, it's very interesting. It's, it's very mysterious at a third of the way through. Basically, there's some sort of sickness that's, that's happening where people are um, just stopping everything and they're just starting to walk in a direction and they're starting to walk in this group and this group is getting bigger and bigger. It's up to, I'm a third of the way through the book and the group's over two to 300 people at this point. Uh, they're just walking on a road and they don't know where people don't know where they're going. Um, but they have people like their family members are coming along with them to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now these people are walking and walking for days and days months and they they don't need the crap they don't need to eat they don't need to drink so it's really um it's 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 interesting and now there's seems to be a second illness that's happening that has to do with fungus um and i don't know what the connection is at this point uh like i said i'm only a third of the way through it but i'm already like i'm already suggesting this one for people which is always risky because the story could just the, the bottom could fall out of it. Um, I think the last time I suggested something like it was the I, Outsiders TV show that was on HBO. The first what? two episodes were phenomenal, and then the rest of the series was kind of – I wouldn't say the bottom dropped out of it, but it, it definitely wasn't as good as the first two episodes. So sure. it was like was, – Was that Outsiders, was that based on the comic by the guy who wrote Walking no, Dead? No, it was based off the Stephen all King of, novel. Um, I, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember them coming upon Aliens or anything like that. I know you're talking about about the thing with Jason. Everything was related. Yeah, he was only in it for like two or three episodes, so which was kind of funny because those were the really good episodes, and then 
Um, and they were, you know, they were going and colonizing planets is what they pretty were Pretty early on in it. And then basically it was all so, just trying to figure out what was going on next I don't in, the, in the story. But uh, I actually read it afterwards. Aliens, so I don't, know, I don't remember them specifically the saying show, that. But, nice. But, TV show wasn't bad. But uh, it was, they, they, they sort of subbed out a lot of things <laughs> that uh, I wish they hadn't. So. But uh, yeah, no, it's past is what I'm thinking. Wanderers go. Wow. I'm going to suggest everybody, you know, if you have the, it's like something like 32, 33 hours. I've been listening to it while I've been yeah. doing stuff this around week, the house. The and, uh, trailer um, comes out. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely worth the listen, at least up to the point that I've gotten into it. I'm about 12 hours into it. So sure. Cool. Um, yeah, well, let me know how that goes. I might pick that one up. That sounds good. Yeah, no, I, I figured that. I actually, I think that you would really enjoy that one. Um, so it's, you had uh, me when you said it's like the stand. I was like, okay, it is. I'll, I'll, I'll it gets really compared to the stand. stand. It gets compared to the stand, but it 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 feels it has that feel that the stand of like a big journey, right? Because right. they're there, they're walking across the country. Sure. But at the same time, it's completely different too. So it's. Nice. Um, but it's, it, I don't know, so far it's just been a lot of fun. And uh, he's, he's a good author. Um, he's kept me, kept me riveted. I haven't gotten bored with the book at all. So um, I keep on wanting to listen to it, which, you know, sometimes you just be like, all right, I'm going to put it down for a little bit and get stuff done. And I'm like, well, let's figure out how I can continue to listen to it while I'm doing whatever else I need to do next kind of stuff. So sure. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. So. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to talk about real quick um, was new show that just came out on uh, Netflix just this past weekend, um, and it's called Away. Um, it's basically uh, uh, they've done a lot of this stuff recently. It seems like, but it's basically a journey to Mars and back. And um, it was it was good. It kept me sort of. I, I watched it in a matter of like two and a half days, and it was like ten episodes. So I guess it kept me riveted enough to keep watching. But um, it's got Hillary Swank in it. Um, so I don't know if you guys like her and stuff or not. But um, it was great in Core. I mean, that was such a good movie. <laughs> a lot of people like Core. Um, but uh, yeah, so she basically plays the, the the astronaut who is the commander on the ship. And uh, the stuff that happens, you know, they're following the families on the ground while mayha- mayhem's going on in space. You know, they couldn't have a trip that went out and back without things going wrong. But um, it, they uh, the, the first season is them basically going from – basically they, they go from Earth to the moon and from the moon – they take off towards Mars and they actually do make it to Mars in that, uh, in that, in the first season. Uh, hopefully that's not a spoiler, but, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, all the things that go wrong, there's this sort of feel that a lot of things that go wrong, like there's life threatening situations going on, but you just don't get the feel that eh, nobody's going to die. Sure. Um, you just, I don't know. For some reason I just got this sort of feeling that, that nothing bad's going to truly happen. And then the stuff that's going on <laughs> down on the ground kind of feels like a Hallmark movie, <laughs> family Hallmark movie, except mom's in space in this case. Um, right. And that's where a lot of the drama comes from. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, why did I go? Why did I go? And uh, what you're saying right now reminds me of that ill-fated um, TV show. I think it was a Netflix series. I have no, I have no memory of the name of it. 
but it was uh, I was excited about it when it came out because they they built it as like the first sci-fi series about a generational spaceship mm-hmm. and then a few episodes in we find out that like they aren't actually in space it's like a big test all right what was that i watched like the first i, I remember episodes. seeing that i think it was a i think it was a sci-fi might um, have been might have been yeah it was before i stopped watching sci-fi channel yeah well i, I mean it was, it was such a disappointing reveal that like i i gave up on it after that sci-fi's been showing bill and ted movies lately so well, they have to because of the new one yeah, it's really cutting edge of sci-fi these days. I actually really like the new. Book. I love Bill and Ted. Trust me, but I don't. I this is true. That's true. Oh, by the way, you mentioned the stand. Um, by the way, Josh Boone, the guy who made New Mutants, is making a stand miniseries for CBS All Access. Yeah, yeah, I heard well, that they were remaking it. Hopefully, it's going better than uh, the New Mutants. Then, yeah. But it's funny. It's like Dune. I've watched that stand miniseries so many times that it'll be like, I don't know how I'm going to watch the stand without, you know, like the people who played certain characters are stuck to me, you know, yeah. like, um, and it's mainly uh, Miguel Ferreira as uh, Lloyd. That's mm-hmm. the one that always sticks in my head. So, hmm. but, you know, like, just hmm. think about this. Go, you're going to go see Dune, and it's not going to be the Dune that you've watched. Him. It's going to be bizarre. Yeah. I think you almost have to read the book first, like right before you go. Yeah. Because the book is different enough that it, like, sort of, like, and there's definitely. pieces of it that, like, they, they just don't fit into the movie. So. Right, right. And somebody asked me this question the other day um, I was talking to at work about Dune. In the book, they never they make mention that they've never found any sort of alien life, right? That they've always looked for it, but they've never found like an alien civilization because they are all from originally from Earth. This is the humans that have, um, because of folding space, they've been able to um, like uh, populate the universe. But there is Scott, Scotty's never, got to know the answer to this. Because yeah, that's, and I was thinking it was Scotty because I thought they made mention of something like that in the first book that they had never found like an advanced civilization. I don't think that they mentioned it in the first book because I've actually read the first book a couple of times at this point. And I don't remember. See, I had two, and I thought they made mention of that or something. But I've never, but I've never read any of the other books. I've never read the second or third or anything. I read the second one and started the third one, and then I was done. Yeah, they never, like, it's like they never found an advanced civilization. Roy would like it. Roy, it would be big. Because everybody's like, well, wasn't there any aliens? And I was like, well, the sandworms are aliens. But... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. I like somebody was saying something about the word melange means um, variety or something like that is one of the things. And basically they said uh, variety is the spice of life is what. Uh, That's funny. I like that. The new movie well, looks, the stuff I've seen, it looks amazing. I can't wait. Yep. Yep. Well, Brian, um, 
all that sounds awesome. I think I'm going to run out and get the Chuck Wendig books right away. Yeah. Run out. I've already started looking at what other books you know what he's I mean. like put out. He put out a book that I'm all over, but like right after I get done with this one, it's called Invasive. Okay, cool. And it's about invasive species stuff I deal with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Nice. Oh, and that's the other thing. He starts talking about the Everglades at one part, and I'm like, like it's just mm. like it's just life as I know it. <laughs> talking about your life, he's that's like us psyche. I was watching a movie, or I started watching a movie the other day. I stopped watching it, but it made me. It's Natalie Portman's in it, Annihilation. Yeah, you ever read those books? Because doesn't a bunch yeah. of that take place in the swamp? Oh well, it it doesn't take place down in the Everglades. It takes place up around um, basically the the Gulf Coast. Uh huh. I have worked reach. in that area. Uh, I worked in an area called Tate Cell Swamp that could have been that area, but that wasn't that particular area. It was, there's actually a, uh, a U S fish and wildlife, uh, wa uh, wildlife refuge that they are actually using as the location for that. And the first book is amazing. The second book gets super weird. And the third book just gets stupid. So <laughs> unfortunately, if you really want to write, if you want to like do the whole like thing, uh, that's why I don't think they're going to make the other two. Well, I, don't I, I don't think they will either. I was complaining about it, and my friend was like, oh, you need to read the book. And then my other friend goes, oh, you obviously haven't read the other books. Just cut your losses and stop now. And I was like, I'm out. I'm <laughs> yeah, no, the, 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 the second and third book just go off the rails. And the first book I really enjoyed, though. Um, what's and what's the, the movie, author's name? The movie was okay. The movie, the movie kind of uh, felt a little bit like they were trying to make a science fiction movie and an art movie at the same time. So. Jeff Vandermeer. Jeff Vandermeer's yeah. the author. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, I read them as they came out. I think, I think the same thing about all of his books, which is that um, he, 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 he loses me during his descriptive passages. And so therefore everything feels like uh, uh, it's happening, but not in a location when I read his books. And, and, and I get, I get, I get lost in them. I keep trying to love them because he's such a, uh, uh, he's such a well, but the characters are so like, they're looking into themselves so far that it gets boring. Yeah. 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 There's, like, there, there's, like there's it, a little it, bit too, too much navel gazing. That's here, especially you know? true. Yeah. Um, well, he, uh, he, he, he's an editor as well. And so he's, uh, he's done a lot with a lot of different authors and he's big in the steampunk community and all that kind of thing. So I keep, I keep trying to love him, <clears throat> but, uh, and I don't dislike his work by any stretch. I keep reading his books. I mean, I've probably read seven or eight of them at this point, but, um, but yeah, I can understand why people would get lost in the Annihilation trilogy. The first well, no, I remember now why I watched it because the director's Alex Garland. Yeah. And he did, he wrote 28 days later, sunshine dread. And he directed and wrote ex machina. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a beautiful movie. I thought, I thought that there were a lot of things that he, he accomplished in that, that from reading it, I wasn't sure how it was going to translate to film at all for me. Yeah. It was what for you? I'm sorry. It was just too weird. It was just too, you know that I, I like that. Yeah. That's <laughs> And sometimes I like that. I mean, I watch, sure. sometimes I watch, you know, I've watched anime. I've watched foreign films that are totally bizarre, yeah. you know, but that one, I don't know. Just sometimes it just, rubs me the wrong way or something it's, gotta, it's it's gotta have something you can sink your teeth into and i don't think that really does until you've had the other books but the other books get so weird also yeah. that 
that like it just it just goes off the rail, but it explains what you just saw. Remember <laughs> we watched that movie Upgrade with the guy who was yeah. Okay, so I saw another movie that made me not it. Um, it didn't make me. It reminded me of that because it was a. Um, uh, it was. It had a similar feel as far as like the like a. It was a small sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It's called Archive. Have you guys seen this? Mm-mm. Tell me yeah, about it. Familiar. Um, I think I have. It, that's the. It's on. I watched it yeah, on. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen a preview for it, but I, yeah. I, don't, I haven't it's, watched it. It's good. I mean, you know, I love those little like Moon or right. sure. all of those that are, and, and and just because it and Upgrade are both independent films is the connection mm-hmm. I was making there. But like, I love the small sci-fi films where it's limited people. Yeah. You know? sure. Like, and it's great. Sci-fi is great for that because you can put people on a star base or a space. Yeah, sure. And there's only three. And this one is a similar uh, thing. It's just a few people. Um, it's got a great twist. It's okay, really good. Cool. I'll check it out. Um, you should definitely well, enjoy it. Well, on the subject of uh, sci-fi <clears throat> uh, media, let me talk about Descender real fast. Uh, oh, yeah. Descender is a uh, sci-fi comic book by Jeff Lemire. Uh, Jeff Lemire uh, came to my attention with a, uh, with a, a short graphic novel that I read uh, a little over a decade ago called the nobody the nobody was his <clears throat> was his take on the invisible man it was a it was a, a vertigo graphic novel uh really good really enjoyable um then i found oh. out that he was um really well known for uh a book that he put out a couple years earlier it was it's huge it's like mega volume called uh, essex county if you've never read Essex County, it's one. It's become one of those like uh, modern classics. Um, what Jeff Lemire does really well, uh, more than anything else, is uh, character studies. You know, so so the, the, that's the kind of thing that you're reading when you read a Jeff Lemire book is 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 really a character study more so than it being about plot or action. It's always about character. Uh, the thing that he's got out now that uh, is is winning a bunch of awards and everybody everybody and their brother is into is something called Black Hammer. Um, I've read Black Hammer. I'm not a fan. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a superhero thing that has zero action. It's a bunch of superheroes, you know, sitting around talking. Uh, and as much as that is on, that's always great. That's always fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, Roy would love it. That's right. Roy would love it. I mean, it. as much as it's on brand for Jeff Lemire, and I can understand why a lot of people love it, love it, love it. I feel like it's uh, my opinion, which doesn't mean anything to anybody, because obviously it's really working for a ton of people, and I'm happy for them that it's working for them. My opinion is that if you're going to have superheroes, let them do something super heroic every once in a while. You know, that's all. Um, but anyway, he's doing this book called Descender. Uh, oh, I should mention one other book that he did before I talk about Descender. He did a book called Sweet Tooth, which is like a, um, it's also a sci-fi thing. Uh, it's, uh, how to describe it? It's like a, it's like a post-apocalyptic thing. And the main character is like a animal-human hybrid kind of thing. And it's like his story about trying to figure out who he is and where he's from. So still a character piece, but at least there is, there's, there are some plot elements and things happen in it. 
and uh, and uh, and and so that makes me happy. And Descender is the same way. Descender is the same way. It has a uh, it's a character study, but 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 it actually has a plot, and things are in fact happening in it. And so that's that's nice. Um, it's not based, right? Yeah, yeah. the uh, The story is essentially about a um, uh, a young boy robot named Tim Twenty One. And the idea is that um, the the Earth was attacked, or the humans rather than rather than the Earth, the humans were attacked by a uh, 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 a race of um, intelligent robots called the Harvesters. And uh, Tim Twenty One is this android who was like a he was like a companion and a housekeeper kind of thing for one of the families on this moon that got attacked by the harvesters. Everybody on the planet basically got destroyed, but they, but, but Tim uh, was left behind and he didn't get destroyed. And it turns out that the guy who made the Tim series um, built the Tim series with technology he pilfered from the harvesters. Uh, and this was before anyone knew the harvesters were coming. So now everyone is basically trying to find Tim 21 because he's the last remaining version of this technology the humans have to try to save themselves from the harvesters. So um, it's fun. It's, it's good. Character study. There are a couple other characters in it that I won't get into because they would be spoilery. Um, but, uh, uh, it's a, it's a big sci-fi epic in comic book form and that's great. Uh, I think they're on volume five or six now. I don't have any idea how long they're planning to make it go, but, um, but it's been very enjoyable. And one of the things I like the best about it is, um, the artwork in it, which is not done by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire's artwork. I knew you were going to love the artwork. Jeff Lemire's artwork is, um, is an acquired taste. Oh, well, the Descender artwork's an acquired taste. The Descender artwork is an acquired taste as well, but I'll tell you what I like about it is, um, actually, let me back up and talk about some trends in, in, in comic book art right now that I, that I find really interesting. So the comics that are selling the best right now are these YA graphic novels that are being put out by people like Scholastic, my um, girls read them all the time. Right, right, right. They're selling gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, close to millions of units, you know. And um, that's actually one of the reasons that DC and Marvel are taking a beating right now. And one of the reasons that AT&T fired all the DC staff is because they're like, let me get this straight. You guys are DC Comics and you're only selling, you know, 100,000 units or whatever. And meanwhile, people nobody know who are being published through Scholastic are selling, you know, 10 times as much as you, yeah. you know, how you you're doing something wrong basically. Um, so, uh, so anyway, one of the things about that, the artwork in those books that are selling so well is that um, I would not describe it as polished uh, no. graphic novel artwork, like, uh, uh, like uh, uh, the ink work, is is primitive at best 
like it uh, uh, the, I'm, I'm not seeing like tapered lines I'm not seeing line control that communicates um, light and shadow and weight uh, I'm not seeing uh, very much coloring at all like most of those uh, scholastic books might have like a tone or something you know sometimes they have more than that but uh, especially like the ones that are for younger kids will have like a, a lot of color like dog man is a good example of that but ones that are for like uh, tons of copies of that are on yeah yeah of course of course um but like if, if you're looking at something like um uh i can't even think of a good example but but something say again well I'm, I'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry so so if you're but if you're looking at something that's more designed for like a teenager it's usually like black and white with a tone of some kind whether it's a blue or a yellow or something and that that's pretty much it um so Descender, what I what I think is really interesting about the artwork <clears throat> is that it's in between what I just described and like a traditional Marvel or DC comic. Like <clears throat> you can see that whoever's drawing it, and the, by the way, the guy who's drawing it is named uh, Dustin. I can't pronounce his last name because it's got too many consonants in the beginning of it. Nigan, maybe? No, Nguyen. Nguyen. Thank you. It's Vietnamese. Thank you. Um, and uh, uh, he, so, so he clearly has the skills to be able to do a more traditional DC or Marvel comic, but he's not using any ink. He's doing it entirely with uh, watercolor pencil, pencils and watercolor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so as a result, it has this wonderful, like sketchy feel that 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 is somewhere in between like i say a traditional uh uh, uh dc marvel comic and a more more uh, for lack of a better term modern uh, uh scholastic kind of book and and i think that that's a really interesting place to be uh what i don't like about the descender artwork is that um for for everything that I just said is wonderful about the uh, the 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 actual drawing, the actual artwork, the the watercolor, and all that. That it's clearly making them be able to go really fast. The word balloons and uh, typography in it is uh, exactly what you expect out of a traditional Marvel or DC comic, and is very computer generated and looks bizarrely out of place next to that artwork. How would you fix that though? You would hand letter it. You would hand letter it with the same style of watercolors. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't need to do it with a. You could do it with watercolor pencils, sure. Yeah, I mean, you could do it where it's like, uh, like a dark brown. Um, well, I mean, I mean, you, you could even do it with the computer, just just not such hard. Yeah. Lines like uh, ha, ha, just diffuse it a little bit and 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 make it not quite perfectly black at all times, and I think that it would work fine. But it looks. I, really weird i thought um like uh what is it the ankle the mobius jodowski yeah. thing we read sure. so i had a cop i was reading that on on digital this version of it and i was like i hate this version why does this bother me so much and then i went and i got a copy of i actually found a copy of it used mm -hmm. and it's the old humanoids print yeah. which is sure. original and it is hand the new version i was reading they had replaced all the word balloons and it was digital text. Um, and then when I reread it and it had the original handwritten text, it's like, 
it they, it does. It takes you out of the story. It makes you feel mm-hmm. like it, they don't go together. It's incongruent. Yeah. Yeah, Is that totally the right, right. word? Incongruent? Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I think that's right. I think. That's and right. Um, you know, it does. It affect you. Don't. I didn't even realize it. I was like, "Why is this bothering me? What is wrong mm-hmm. with this? It's the same." Sure. And then when I found it, and then I found an article where people were like, "Oh yeah, that ruined that." Right. And I could see that definitely in Descender too. Now that you mentioned it, just looking at it. Um, Though I don't mind the the thing I don't like about that artwork is how you can see the texture of like the watercolor paper. Board. Yeah, you can totally see like the paper. It. Uh, the, I, I think, I think that, I think that, that might take some people out of it, but I think that it, I think that, I think that it's got this really interesting, um, handmade quality to it as a result. And that, that, that you don't it. see that often, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's more like a, it's more like a, it's more like a kid's illustrated book than it is like a comic book in that regard, you know, because you do yeah. see that a lot in illustrated books. Yeah. My kids read, uh, what is it? Uh, this, that one lady, um, I can't remember her last name. She wrote Smile and Sister, mm-hmm. um, all of her stuff. And then there's another series called The Babysitter's Club. Yeah, right. That they've read. Sure. That, that's all Scholastic. And then Rain's read a series, which I think is maybe, it might be a manga, but it's called uh, Amlet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really that's, that, that's, a, that's from Scholastic as well. It's, it, yeah, these it, are I all think Scholastic. The, I think the person who drew it is borrowing from manga, but I think that it's oh. still... Uh, I think it's, it's a good story. American. I've read half of it. It's a- amulet. And I can't. I couldn't read amulet because it, it started too dark for me, man. They did start dark. Like I was reading that, and I was like, "You read?" And she read it years ago, and I just read it like the first. The first eight pages. Okay, so, so it's a it's a amulet is made for like eight year olds. Yeah. The first eight pages. The 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 main kids' parents like drive off a cliff and die. Die. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so anyway, there you go. That there's the center. What was that, Scotty? Yeah, it's a comedy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there's a new. <laughs> they one killed Kenny. <laughs> Which boy is one that Rain's been reading that I got her? You know, and it's all. That's all. It's all. And Bone. All of Bone is being reprinted through Scholastic. Yeah, I know. I know. Doing really well with that stuff. Well, so the other thing I was going to talk about real fast, uh, and then we'll and then we'll close down is uh, Lovecraft Country, the, uh, the HBO series. Um, I've seen the first couple of episodes of it now. I haven't seen the third episode, even though I guess it, I guess it aired last night. Um, fourth. fourth episode. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Brian and I read the book and talked about it on the podcast. When was that, like two or three years ago, Brian? But- yeah, longer than that, I was surprised. I think it was like, wait, I don't know. Maybe the book had been out for a few years. What book was it? Lovecraft Country by uh, Matt Ruff. Is that was is that his name? Yep. And um, it's uh, it's uh, what what I really liked about the book was that um, it was a complete story, but it told that complete story through several complete short stories. And uh, I remember when we read it, I I, I described it as being like. Uh, the novels of the future, because it was almost like you were watching, uh, it was almost like you're reading a TV series because, uh, or a well done TV series, because each one of the short stories had a complete beginning, middle and end of their own. And then it all got tied up together at the end, which is something I have been bitching about on this, on this podcast for years now that I, that I hate that a lot of the TV shows are like, it, it's just, it's just soap opera. You know, there's never like a, a clear beginning, middle and end of any one of the like little segments that lead us to this giant story. 
But um, so far in the first two episodes of Lovecraft Country, they did in fact follow the book formula of telling you a complete story in those first two episodes. And I'm assuming we got a complete story in the next two episodes, but I haven't seen the fourth one yet. Is there any fishman rape yet? Because I mean, I'm really not into Lovecraft unless there's some fishman rape. So, so Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the Lovecraft part of it is. It has more to do with the fact that it's they they are in the area of the of the country where a lot of that stuff was written and stuff like that. But so far, they haven't like they haven't like gotten into Cthulhu and all that kind of stuff. It's more like there was witchcraft going on in that part of the country. And, in the and previews, I've seen the Cthulhu's in them is. It's going to be in it at some point because you seem like come up and do that with the. Well, the, the 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 thing that you saw was actually from a dream sequence from the first okay. episode. So, um, so so in the story, Lovecraft had actually existed. So they these guys have read that and they also recognize the fact that he was a big racist. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's actually more what the 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 story is about. It's about these uh, these this black family, and their job is running around the country collecting data for a catalog that they publish about where it's safe to go if you're black because it's set in the 1950s. Oh, okay. You know, and, and, and they're indexing Lovecraft country, you know, where a lot of people are very, very racist because Lovecraft himself was known to be a terrible. terrible oh yeah. Person. He was. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that having been said, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the main character is looking for his father and who his father is turns out to be a main point of the, of, of the story. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought that it was a great book and, and, and I'm, I'm pleased to see how well they're doing in the, uh, in the television adaptation. What did you think, Brian? A lot of people didn't like the second and third episode. Um, they, they, they really enjoyed the first episode, but then the second episode came out and they were kind of like, I, I think I enjoyed it more because I know where it fits in the big picture right. because there is, it is very episodic, right? but it is, um, but there's a bigger, there's a bigger story going on the entire time. Right. Um, but uh, I was really looking forward to the one last night. It was the one where they sort of pull the heist. Right. If you remember that, I do. giving off too much of what they were doing. And uh, it was done pretty well. Cool. Uh, the other one I'm looking forward to is the observatory. Me too. I was thinking was that same one. Yeah. That was the one I thought was more Lovecraftian than anything else. Sure. Sure. Totally. Um, and I'm looking forward to that one. That one hasn't happened yet, but um, a lot of it was just sort of introducing the, the, the fact that the, I guess the protagonist and who is going to be there, you know, Big who's going to be the, the bad guy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, Right now, it kind of it suggests that you know that who's the bad guy and who's the who's the, who the good guys are. But uh, there's a lot of kind of like, well, it seems like the bad guy is helping the the good guy along, and you, I don't know that people completely understand why yet. Right. Uh, right. I think they're starting to get it. The, the fact that they need those guys to get them certain things. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't realize. I was just looking at that. You know, we did. It was 2016. So you're right. That's that's when we first reviewed it. It mm-hmm. did come out that same year. I didn't realize that at the bottom, it looks like it's a bunch of ghosts. I don't know if you could see that mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. bottom, but they also look like a bunch of guy in KKK. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never noticed that either. That's, that's a great catch, man. 
right. It's funny. I realized, like, when I said the fish fin rape, I was joking about uh, it's an Alan Moore graphic yeah. novel. We read right. what's called Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, it's Alan Moore. So, you know, there's got to be some weird sex thing in there. Sure. Um, but I, my exposure to Lovecraft has really been like Reanimator and all that, those weird movies, mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman's short stories, and Alan Moore's Necronomicon. So I actually found this, which a member of this panel purchased this for me at some point. Yep. And uh, so I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna read this. So this is actual, actual H.P. Lovecraft. Nice. Well, so, I, uh, I, I, I have uh, been very slowly making my way through you know the complete hp lovecraft uh audiobook uh which was just like all the short stories and and i mean some of them aren't are really long short stories but right. does he did he ever really write a novel um i don't know yet because so far i've only read so far i I've think he's got a couple stories. things that are considered novellas but i don't think anything's an actual novel pretty much everything that he published was published through uh, uh periodicals so right. I think that's the case. I will tell you this. Um, I think that Lovecraft is more uh, respected for his ideas than his prose. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. uh, oh, like I Philip mean, K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what people do with Philip K. Dick's stuff is so much better than when he actually wrote it. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I highly rec- recommend Lovecraft Country. I think that it's um, a timely um piece of piece of fiction and uh i, I want to watch it i'll definitely watch it the first episode will will get you and we'll just stick with it till you get to the fourth that's all i can say so far because i that's as far as i've gotten but mm. uh the first and the fourth are really good the third one is about the house if mm. you remember that one alan i do um it's when she like gets the house that it's purchased for her, um and uh it gets kind of weird and the second episode is more of a completion of the first episode. And a lot of people didn't like it because there was just a lot of, I don't know. I, it kind of, it feels like it goes off the rails, but there was reasons for it. So yeah, no, stick I, with it after I, the second episode. I like the second episode. I thought it was great. Fourth, I didn't have any problems. You'll, you'll, you'll re-engage on it and it's, it's good. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, so that all having been said, uh, I'm going to say one more thing before I sign off, which is, um, you know, be excellent to each other and party on, dude. It was, uh, it was a fun movie. I, uh, I, Did you watch the new one? Have you seen the new movie? I saw the new movie. I haven't I, uh, seen it yet. I, uh, I'll say this about it without spoiling anything. Um, I think I needed to see something that dumb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, because, because it was uh, heartfelt, feel good, dumb. Thank goodness for that kind of distraction right now yeah. in, the, in, the, in, in the universe, you know? Um, and uh, the other thing that I'll say about it very quickly for Scotty is the thing that I thought was most interesting about it is the opening scene demonstrates that they actually learned something about music. <laughs> Yeah, man. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All right. See you. Yep. Bye.